0: Dennis Stewart, uh, we've been trying to talk about some iconic uh, <laughs> herbs over the last couple of weeks. We've we have. <laughs> talked about slippery elm. We've talked about echinacea. There's a third one that you would like to talk about today.
1: Well, look, we've tried to talk a little bit about golden seal. Uh, we will hopefully do so today, not discouraging listeners uh, to ring in, of course, but golden seal is such a fascinating remedy but I'd love to spend a little bit of time talking about it. To a
0: new RFM, Health Naturally. Now, Janelle has rung in from Yarrawonga Park, and you've got a question for Dennis, Janelle, about dry eye. Hi, Dennis.
2: Hello, Janelle. Uh, Hi. Some time ago, you were speaking Mm. with a gentleman uh, about chronic eye, dry eye. Yes, yes. And he he suggested a supplement. I can't remember what you suggested. I'm just ringing in to ask what that was.
1: I'm pretty sure... Uh, We uh, were talking about either flaxseed, which is another way of talking about linseed, flaxseed oil capsules or supplements, or fish oil. Fish oil and flaxseed oil have a similarity of action, and whilst there may be not a lot of, how can you call it, uh, scientific credibility for supporting what is anecdotal and, and supported by many listeners, it does seem that uh, supplementing with either of these very safe uh, supplements, flaxseed oil or the uh, use of fish oil, has given Gosh. some relief. Now, again, I say this, there is no guarantee, but it is, it is, it's very strange that over the years I have heard people uh, comment about using these supplements and experiencing some benefit from this very, very common condition. I'm sure Mm. it was either flaxseed or the the fish oil. Try them. They're they're very safe. Um, Do you have a condition known as Sjogren's syndrome?
2: Not that I'm aware of.
1: Okay, okay. Well, look, if I was in that situation, I would give it a go. But Mm. I will also um, tell you something that's very exciting, Janelle. Um, There is a, a preparation now which can be procured from our good pharmacists called Manuka Eye Drops.
2: Oh, really? Now, yes, yes, indeed.
1: And I can vouch for its benefit because in, in recent times, I've had somewhat of a problem with my uh, left eye. My uh, good GP tells me it it has to do with uh, an inflamed pterygium, which has been well managed by my GP. But uh, I have subsequently still experienced a little bit of irritation and uh, and uh, not wanting to remain on, on steroid uh, drops. I have tried this manuka preparation largely brought to my attention by one of my patients and i must say i must say uh, um, i'm uh, i shouldn't say surprised because you know i'm a great supporter of of honey products but this product is not as well known as i think it should be so if i was in your situation not only would i use the supplements that i've spoken about but I would consider yep. going to your pharmacy, getting hold of the Manuka eye drops, which are specifically labelled uh, for dry eye conditions.
2: Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. They're readily available.
1: Well, look, uh, I know in my pharmacy um, in, in, in Cessnock was, was good enough uh, to get a stock in, so mm. uh, whether your pharmacy has it or not, I'm sure, uh, like my pharmacists, they would go out of their way uh, to get it for you, but mm. it's, it's out there. And um, oh. uh, the ingredients are very safe and incorporating what we know about uh, uh, Manuka honey. Oh, that's wonderful. i will that a go. Thanks,
2: Dennis.
1: Yeah, thank you so much.
0: Thank you for ringing in, Janelle. And Rowena is on the line from Stockton. Now, it's Helicobacter pylori you would like to speak about,
2: is it? Yes, it is. Rowena?
1: Hello, Rowena. Hello, how
2: are you? I'm
1: very well. How can we help you?
2: Um, I'm currently undergoing um, treatment, uh, the quadruple treatment yes. for um, H. pylori. Yes. Yes. Um, I've had the triple, treat- yes. triple t- treatment yes. three times. Yes. I just wondered if there's um, a natural alternative.
1: Okay. Look, um, it's interesting that you raise uh, this topic. I'll just explain to listeners what we're talking about. Helicobacter pylori uh, is considered to be the bacteria associated with peptic ulceration or Gastric ulceration, stomach ulceration, as listeners would would relate to it, and it's proven uh-huh. to be it's proven to be a very successful medical treatment of the condition. Uh, okay. I'm I'm not aware of there being anything as explicitly um, useful right. as the triple antibiotic treatment, but it's very very interesting that uh, the herb that we were going to talk about today, and and still may do so, the American herb um, golden seal. botanically botanically known as Hydrastus canadensis, it has a very, very interesting history of application uh, to gastric ulceration. So, um, And when we look at the uh, chemistry of golden seal, uh, there is a substance in it known as berberine. Now, many herbs that have significant medical action have what we call active principles. Now, golden seal... Has a number of alkaloids one of which is called berberine and in the literature you will find that berberine has a broad spectrum mild antibiotic action and it seems to me that this could mean that golden seal used as a medication uh, ongoingly for a period of time may in fact have an action against uh, this bacteria so um, if, if, you're, if you do particularly well with the antibiotic treatment, there may be no need to, to uh-huh. have any follow-up treatment, but um, if uh, symptoms still linger and the uh, bacteria is not completely resolved, I would be thinking at least of giving uh, Golden Seal, Hydrastus canadensis, in an encapsulated form from our okay. good herbalist or health food stores. I would be going for that, And in fact, it has intrigued me uh, as to whether or not uh, there might be a role for using it, Uh, perhaps, perhaps, I'm not saying uh, always but perhaps as as an alternative, particularly if we can justify, as I think we can, its action Mm -hmm. against peptic ulceration being based on this natural antibiotic principle. Uh, The other very, very interesting thing, very interesting thing is this that in the literature now uh, the uh, use of manuka honey the 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 oh, uh, how okay. can we call it manuka honey with the high antimicrobial factor that is also okay. that is also being increasingly recommended as an agent okay. to address this bacteria so it may be it may be that in the future and i'm certainly not um, suggesting listeners override their medical advice I'm just throwing this in to say that there seems to be natural substances out there that antagonise this bacteria, which have a credible chemistry associated with them, and increasingly, uh, in my opinion, they may well be looked at as being alternative treatments or indeed treatments where the antibiotic uh, approach is not entirely successful and where uh, multiple treatments... Uh, might be uh, concerning and where the use of softer medications might be given a go. I, I would see that as a possibility.
0: Health naturally. Alan's rung in from Gerben. And, Alan, you've got a, a differentiation question for Dennis Stewart today.
3: Yes, yes. Hello, Alan. G'day, mate. How are you going? I'm very well. Yeah, I've, I've just been taking that uh, a, a, a bottle medicine, which is a mixture of uh, aloe vera and pawpaw. Okay. Okay. And I didn't know whether it would be any better because I've heard you talk about Manuka honey a lot. Yes. And I didn't know whether um, Manuka honey would be a better uh, uh, better thing than the pawpaw. I don't know whether the pawpaw is any better than Manuka, Manuka okay. honey or whatever.
1: Let me ask you a question. Why are you taking aloe vera and pawpaw? I know what these uh, herbs or supplements do, but why are you taking them?
3: Well, I'm 73.
1: Yes, I've, you're um, a young man, young man.
3: Yeah, good on me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I've got, um, I've got uh, diabetes, and I've got yes. um, a few other ongoing things. Okay. I've got a, uh, an open wound on me, on me foot. Yes. And um, I've um, just not long had a stent in my heart, and. Uh, Yes, blood pressure and blood pressure. Um, yeah. Well, I, I, I can't go
1: on, can I? <laughs> no. Well, the, the the point about it is both those uh, supplements you were talking about are very useful, um, yeah. and I'll talk about their action first. Aloe vera is is popularly used around the world, and particularly in, in Ayurvedic medicine, because the uh, con, the constituents. Well, it's got two constituents. The constituent in the uh, shell or skin. Of, of aloe vera is very cathartic and that's why it's not used as a supplement. It is, it is the pulp of aloe vera which is frequently turned into a, a juice which is very useful for soothing and I think that's a good term for soothing uh, many uh, problems of the gastrointestinal tract and I'm talking about things like say, say reflux, uh, I'm talking about things like uh, irritable bowel condition and may be a useful supplement to use, even in, in more inflammatory conditions, uh, particularly of the large bowel. So it, it has a, a very useful and safe role to play as a soothing regulatory remedy for the gastrointestinal tract in many ways, in many ways, let me emphasize, similar to the action of the American herb uh, Slippery om, which we have looked at some weeks ago. Um, and I would uh, see people getting great benefit uh, by using it for any of those conditions that I have mentioned. Albeit, as I keep saying, any supplement being used for any uh, health problem should be always discussed with your medical manager so that it can be noted and the condition monitored. So that's uh, a great remedy. Uh, now, with with reference uh, to, to the poor poor, did you say the the second yeah. remedy now? Pawpaw is fascinating in as much that its primary role is to function as a digestive agent because it has a number of uh, enzymes in it which participate in protein breakdown. So it is frequently used in what we would refer to as sluggish, uh, underactive, digestive activity and is used as a very natural way of enhancing the stomach's ability to break down uh, protein and better utilise it. So both of them have a role to play. However, uh, when, we, when you talk about uh, should I use these in place of, of manuka, let me just say um, manuka honey, should, in my opinion, should not be seen as, uh, as necessarily an ongoing food. Manuka honey, in my opinion, should be seen as a medicinal form of honey with a very well-defined natural antimicrobial action to address lesions or conditions of the gastrointestinal tract, particularly uh, of the of the gut and the esophagus. Now, this might surprise some listeners, but the literature that I have been reading suggests that manuka honey may not be an ideal form of honey uh, to take ongoingly, particularly with the high level of concentration of this natural antibiotic in it. Now, I know that's provocative, uh, and there may be an alternative argument, but... Um, I would not see um, it necessarily being a better supplement to use than what you are because you have not indicated to me that there's any sort of infection or many lesions in the in the gut that might respond to the honey's antimicrobial action, so I would think that using the two that you that you're working with there are very safe. Uh, ongoingly, they can only do good. Um, I would not see any need and this is my opinion I would not see any need for you to uh, compare them with the manuka or see the manuka as being a better option again I say to listeners um, uh, used as an ongoing food supplement it may be it may be and I catch the terminology here cautiously it may be that the high grades of manuka with the high antibiotic principle in it may not be ideal, or it may not be an ideal uh, thing to take the place of ordinary, uh, good, natural uh, honey that, uh, that we use as an ongoing food.
0: Now, that's interesting, mm-hmm. Dennis. You can't have too much of a good yeah. thing, you well, think.
1: Yes, and I know this is going to be provocative, but uh, again, in a book written recently by medical scientists um, called The Honey Revolution. There is, in fact, a cautious uh, warning about uh, overemphasizing the antibiotic characteristics of it. If the antibiotic principle in it is as good as what it seems to be, uh, just like any antibiotic substance, it might not be an ideal thing to keep going. Yeah, now, this is, I'll couch this by saying this is uh, my opinion on it. And if the Manuka industry want to chop my kneecaps off, uh, please let me please know don't. because I'm not, <laughs> not putting down this remarkable honey. It's it's remarkable. And that gentleman said, I think that he had a lesion, an open lesion on his foot. Well, one of the things that I would say there is that in my opinion, the application of Manuka honey, that's an ideal application in my opinion, of a, a wound, a lesion that won't heal. The antimicrobial healing characteristics of manuka in that situation is superb.
0: So put that on as a topical application yeah, on the so. outside, very rather. And, than and look, it, it
1: was in, in a recent article that I read. I'm pretty sure I'm correct in saying this: that manuka was being exported from New Zealand to some English hospitals, where it was being used as a mollifying after treatment for uh, throat, uh, particularly for serious throat operations. Now, that is a very, very useful way of using Manuka honey and emphasises my argument that Manuka is more medical and more antibiotic and should be seen in that context.
0: Two new RFMs, health naturally. And Dennis Stewart, we may get to speak about golden and silver. We, we might, we Some interesting questions coming our way too. Uh, Louise has rung in from Tea Gardens. Louise, we're talking about menopause and night sweats. Yes? Hi, yes. How are you,
2: Dennis?
1: Hello, Louise. Very nice to hear from you. Yep. You're, you're, um, have, you're having a few um, problems with, uh, with, with uh, the transit of menopause, are you?
2: Well, many years ago, yes. I had to have a hysterectomy. Yes. So HIT yes. has been ongoing yes. pretty much for yes. quite a few yes.
1: years. Yes,
2: yes, um, Recently, well, for quite a few years, I was on Premarin. Yes. Now, my doctor suggested um, over the time maybe I should... Give it a miss because yes. it's not good for the body. So mm-hmm. I thought, okay, well, it's just at the stage now where I'm constantly awake of the night because mm-hmm. it's hot flushes. I throw yes. the blankets off, mm-hmm. I get mm-hmm. cold, I put and it's just a continuous thing. Eight, ten times a night I'm awake, mm-hmm. and even during the day I'll have the flushes too. So mm-hmm. I was wondering, is there something uh, natural that I can take because I don't really want to go back onto the premarin again? Mm-hmm.
1: Look, I can understand where you're at there and I can understand your good doctor's recommendation that you try to uh, uh, give HRT a bit of a break because uh, there is a concern that uh, long-term, ongoing usage of it uh, may precipitate problems. Not always, but may. Um, Look, this is not an easy condition to say, oh, this will resolve it. But if there is anything that will buffer it and allow the transit... If you like to, to be passed through more successfully, it is uh, good doses of the use of the herb sage. Okay. S- sage is botanically known as and, and Salvia officinalis. And if you are use, useful on your computer, and I'm not that useful, but fortunately I have people around me that are, if you were to Google sage and menopause, I'm sure you would find there that there is pretty strong support foreseeing it as a popular remedy particularly in europe more so in europe than than, than in australia where it is used particularly for the sweating component of oh, the menopause okay. so uh, for that it is useful technically uh, sage uh, this might surprise some people that have always seen sage as perhaps more of a culinary herb uh, it might surprise some people to know that sage has multiple uh, medical properties it's known as what's called an antihydrotic remedy. And an antihydrotic remedy means that it specifically uh, hinders or addresses perspirational problems. And in the right dosage, uh, I've demonstrated that this can frequently be so. I'll give you an example, and I always uh, can reflect on this case. As a very young practitioner uh, practicing in, in my rooms in, in William Street, Gos- uh, Gosford, many years ago, I remember consulting a lady that was visiting the Central Coast who came from Goulburn, and she was uh, an elderly lady. When I say elderly, um, uh, I've got to be cautious when I say that because I'm pretty elderly myself. But she was well into her mid-perhaps to late 60s, and since she had experienced the menopause, she told me that she had been plagued with the problem of uh, perspiration, unmitigated perspiration which hindered her social life and which saw her basically having to wash her hair multiple times a day because oh because her hair was a mass of sweaty ringlets now I'd never treated this condition before uh, and i in, in a sense my uh, practice has been built if you like on on patient experience and i ended up recommending to this lady that she take the herb sage not thinking that it would do as well as what it did. Now, the lady was on the central coast for a, for a month, and as was my habit then and also now, after I had recommended this, I said to the lady, look, come to see me before you go back to Goulburn. We'll see how you're going, and uh, perhaps um, recommend that you stay on it for a while. Well, she came back at the end of the month, and the result was was outstanding and dramatic. And some cynics might say, oh, I had had everything to do with a change of scenery, uh, blah, blah, blah. I doubt that very much. Her condition was strongly related uh, to the menopause and the hormonal ramifications of it. Sage, from the moment she went on to it, eased the perspirational problems dramatically so that she went back to Goulburn using Sage as a remedy for the first time ever. That had been able to ease this condition that many ladies experience. Now, not, all, not always will that be the case, but the good thing about it is a sage is inexpensive and one can purchase it in, in an encapsulated form, and I would suggest you do that. And taken in the right dosage, follow the dosage recommendations on the preparation and persevered with, I'd be surprised if you didn't get some benefit.
2: Wow, is that from a health food
1: store? Look, you could get it from a from a herbalist, a naturopath, good health food stores where you're in um, tea gardens yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I'm not sure if you've got a health food store up there, but your pharmacist, I'm sure would be able to procure it, or if you're able to get to a health food store in Nelson Bay. I know there's a good health food store in Nelson Bay. I know the people there. I'm sure they'll be able to um, give you a try, and I try the encapsulated form first. And and take it in the optimum doses mentioned on the label. Yeah.
2: It's... Oh, I can't try anything, so I'm I'm willing to try that. Yeah, but... it's
1: it's a it's an unpleasant condition, I am told.
2: Because yeah. I'm not even sixty yet, so I think I've got a long way
1: to go. Had... Well, look the, the the other thing the other thing is, uh, sometimes I don't want to prolong the discussion too much on this, but sometimes the appendage uh, to the sage treatment of the other supplement that I frequently talk about, uh, Vitex agnus castus, which is known as chase tree or chase berries. It's known in our profession uh, as a hormone balancer. Now, um, that's a very provocative statement and and mainstream endocrinologists might raise their eyebrows, but that doesn't worry me. Uh, It's a good term to indicate where Vitex is frequently used in addressing what you might call unresolved conditions of hormone imbalance and with reference to the menopause only yesterday in my rooms at New Lambton I saw a patient very late in the day uh, that was on a formulation in this case that I had prescribed based on vitex and sage and with dramatic results so while you're at the health food store or pharmacy it mightn't hurt to supplement with the herb vitex or chaste tree to see if you can get and the... And how did
2: you spell
1: that second one? Vitex. V-H- V-I-T-E-X. V-I-T-E-X,
2: yes.
1: Commonly known as chaste tree.
2: Right, okay.
1: So there's a few leads for you.
0: All the very best with that, Louise. We're going to Pipna, who's rung in from Western, and multiple sclerosis is on your mind.
1: Hello, Pip. Hi
2: there. How is everybody?
1: Oh, but we're very well indeed, very well Top indeed.
2: Top of the world. Hope Top you of the are world.
1: too. How can we help you?
2: Well, my daughter's just been diagnosed mm-hmm. with um, noctus sclerosis. Yes. And she's had the five, there's five intravenous things that she thought that they just went quick, you've got to go and start reading. Mm-hmm. And she's had those. Um, she does have her now follow-up thing with the doctor, Dr. Um, about those and
1: having the good. blood test
2: and everything. Good, 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 good. But um, is there anything she,
1: she should be taking that's helpful? Or? Well, the, the, the thing that I would be recommending, and this would certainly not uh, clash with what her good doctor is doing, but yes. there, it is what's known as Dr. Schwank's diet. Schwank Dr. or Swank, uh, a well-known um, American doctor who developed uh-huh. a dietary program... Uh, which proved to be very, very successful in many cases in alleviating the symptoms of multiple sclerosis. Dr. Swank, that's right, S-W-A-N-K, Dr. Swank's Uh, diet, Um, if you Google it, you'll get all the information on it, but you're in Weston. If you go into uh, Bowen's rooms in Cumberland Street, they will be able to give you a, a, a copy of the diet uh, oh, okay. from the, from the uh, book, The Encyclopedia of Natural Medicine by Pizzorno and Murray. Um, I'm sure they won't mind running that off for you and giving it to you free of charge. And then oh, that, to, that together with the uh, information that you should get uh, off the net would encourage you to see that there is a basis of clinical evidence to support the argument that that particular diet, which I'll not elaborate on, but is very strongly centered around particular oils, has helped this condition. Oh,
2: excellent. Thank you. Thank you for all the help. I will I'll go, go and do up with that straight away.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much. Good Have you. a great weekend. Thank you. To a new RFM's Health Naturally. Dennis Stewart, Andrew's rung in from Cliftley, and this is a big question too. Ross River fever and Lyme disease. Your question okay. for Dennis?
1: Hello, Andrew. G'day Dennis, Andrew
3: Crane. I've done a couple of signs
1: for you in the time. Oh, you have indeed, you have indeed.
3: (laughs) I have a friend, a really good friend, Uh, he's mm, about 70 and he's suffering Ross River fever and Lyme's disease. He's had it for three years and it's incredibly debilitating on him and he's just not getting better. Okay. Uh, What can we
1: do? I'm I'm intrigued that he's been diagnosed with Lyme's disease because that's a fairly controversial diagnosis.
3: Um, it's not here officially in Australia, supposedly. Yeah, yeah. But he's been to some bloke who's a specialist in it, and yeah, and yep, yeah, it's got him. OK, yep.
1: Okay. Well, look, my approach—if uh, we use Ross River fever as being uh, an example of uh, yep. of, of, of um, what this treatment means—I would be interpreting the treatment uh, from a natural medicine perspective of both these remedies or both these conditions being on being based on what we might call reinforcing the patient's own immune system yep. um, now in my in my opinion um, the the immune system is crucial, uh, particularly in supporting it and restoring its natural function, where we have some of these lingering symptoms of, of various viruses um, or various controversial pathologies that are debated um, so in the absence of any specific treatment in natural medicine. The, the role of the combination, uh, popularly known as Astragalus 8, um, has helped many of my clients over the many years uh, since I introduced Astragalus 8 to, to Australia and to the practitioner network. Um, it is particularly useful for dealing with the fatigue, uh, the depression, the run-down state and the failure to improve that frequently is associated with these two conditions, particularly the Ross River fever. So I would be saying to him, uh, go to his pharmacy or health food store and get hold of the preparation known as Astragalus 8 and uh, uh, try it uh, on its own without uh, complicating it with anything else to see if it's able to attenuate. I
3: believe he's been using that yes, um, and he's still... Yeah, okay. we went for a walk the other day on his property. We walked probably 150 metres each way yes. up a little bit of a bank and back and just gently, and he was just, yeah, I sent okay. him to bed.
1: Yeah, see, the the chronic fatigue syndrome is frequently uh, the outcome of some of these uh, viral, or suspected viral infections, and that can take some time to be adequately addressed. Uh, and with uh, the, it's important for listeners to realise that these long-standing fatigue uh, characterised conditions uh, have usually developed over time and usually take some time to resolve. Give an example, uh, it forever remains in my mind that a a young lady who in fact was a a student of this university uh, came to see me in my rooms at New Lambton, this is years ago now, and she had to be virtually assisted into my consulting room by her mother and another person because she had experienced, in this case, a very, very severe episode of the Epstein-Barr virus. And this had occurred a couple of years ago and had left her still in a state of utter fatigue, uh, virtually an inability to move about. And this would have been in about February, and the distressing factor was that she had... had to curtail her studies. But uh, equally importantly, at the end of the year, uh, late November, early December, she was to become a bridesmaid uh, for her uh, friend. And uh, it had all been arranged. Uh, The Sacred Heart Church was where the wedding was going to take place. And so she was a very distressed lady. Uh, I had nothing much to offer her except I suggested that she embark on a high dosage of astragalusate in liquid form. Now, the, the result was very slow in coming, but the result was there to the extent that I have used that example in a little paper that I wrote on uh, case histories of Astragalus eight. because it took a while, but at the end of the year, she was able to fulfil her commitment. She was back walking, able to do so, was able to be the bridesmaid, and as far as I'm aware, was able to take up studies again at the university in the new year. Two things emerge here. With astragalusate, persevere with it. The older we are uh, means that our, our immune systems are likely to be uh, less uh, responsive. And the longer we've had the conditions, the more uh, time is going to be needed uh, to help resolve it. So pass that on to your good friend. The right dose of astragalusate, and I, in these conditions I veer in the direction of liquid and persevere with it over a period of time. Those two things are necessary to get a result in these chronic long-standing fatigue situations.
0: Yes, there's a number of uh, different conditions that do produce chronic fatigue. Absolutely, absolutely. uh, Yes, we do need to work on them, don't we?
1: We do indeed. And via the immune system uh, makes a lot of sense. Uh, And that's even in mainstream medicine now, the the understanding that unless you're actually doing something immunologically for, for chronic disease, you might be missing the point. Astragalus is a good indicator in our profession, certainly not a foolproof remedy. Uh, People tend to think, Jane, that I overemphasise astragalus. Well, perhaps I do because it was my introduction of that combination to Australian and natural medicine that saw it take off. Uh, I don't overemphasise it. I just know that it's been able to reverse many fatigue situations that have been unresponsive to other approaches.
0: Dennis, uh, we've got about four minutes left. Is it time to talk uh, about golden seal? Well, look, let, let, <laughs> let's,
1: let's, just, let's just say that in Western herbal medicine, and I've defined to listeners what Western herbal medicine is, it is that system of herbal medicine that separates itself from other systems of herbal medicine in as much that it is, in my opinion, much more scientifically based, much more understandable on the principles of how herbs work. And the American selection of herbs, which have always been the backbone of Western herbalism, are now very well understood and documented in things like the British Herbal Pharmacopoeia. Golden seal is an iconic remedy in Western herbalism, coming from the United States. Without it, we would be in very, very serious trouble because not only have I mentioned it today as being useful for gut conditions, maybe even peptic ulceration or ongoing. Um, ulcerative tendencies of the upper gut, but it is a remarkable remedy, usually in combination with the other American herb, Echinacea, for addressing recurring infections, particularly in adults, uh, and in, in particularly in the upper respiratory tract. Most listeners would relate to sinusitis. Many listeners would have experienced that, and many listeners would know that that condition may well respond in, uh, respond initially to management with an appropriate antibiotic, that's fine. But many listeners would also know that the condition keeps recurring, recurring and recurring, and one cannot stay always on antibiotics. In that condition of the upper respiratory tract, a chronic sinus tendency, a chronic sinus tendency, which has outrun, if you like, the, the efficacy of the antibiotic, there could not be a better approach, in my opinion than using uh, golden seal as a remedy with a natural antibiotic characteristic in conjunction with golden seal. Keep in mind, I said earlier, golden seal's chemistry has been revealed. It's what we call in the profession an alkaloidal remedy. The alkaloid in golden seal is berberine, and berberine, if one were to look and Google it, is shown as a useful, mild antibiotic principle, particularly for addressing chronic infections and the upper respiratory tract is a major area of benefit for it in things like sinusitis.
0: So not just the gut oh, the, look, uh, not the not, stomach not, ulceration. Not, not gut at all. Um, right. I,
1: I use it a lot in, in reproductive conditions, but to talk about that is getting a little bit too medical. Yes. But again, in some conditions that many women experience of um, pelvic inflammatory tendencies pelvic inflammatory disease and particularly those again that have been troublesome and recurring golden seal is a lead remedy with other herbs professional herbs that successfully allow it to be used in addressing that condition which can threaten uh, the lady's fertility Mm -hmm. a wonderful herb but we haven't done justice to it, but that's the last time that we'll try to do justice to it because we've we've covered enough for listeners to realize it's one of the most remarkable remedies, and probably our biggest problem is the endangered status of it, and that's why I've tried desperately for twenty years to see the herb being cultivated in Australia. It goes well on the southern highlands, very well indeed.
0: That's good news. But
1: not well in the hunter.
0: Okay, so it needs a little bit of cold It needs coldness
1: and it's interesting, the gentleman in Victoria, a lovely gentleman, he's one of the few people in Australia and I'd be happy to supply this information that people might be interested in, he's one of the few people in Australia that are actually cultivating and providing for potential growers the bare-rooted stock of of, uh, Golden seal to try to get it going. An
0: interesting program today, Dennis. It was indeed. Uh, Health Naturally, Mm. back next Friday after the midday news on 2NURFM. Thanks
1: for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health,
2: well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.